Let's hit record. Awesome. Good. Okay. All right. So Dr. Coonan, so you had started, um, did you go to Columbia Dental School before Columbia Ortho? No, I did um, NYU Dental. Oh, very nice. Very, oh, so you've been yeah. in the city your whole life. Just about. I went to college. I went to undergrad for four years in Philly. But other than that, yeah, I've been here. <laughs> you like it so far? Yeah, I mean, I grew up here, so it's um, it's home. Oh, so you grew up in Manhattan, then you went out to Philly, came back. That's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So our first question is, you know, um, as dental students, I mean, Brendan and myself, Sean and Brendan, we are, uh, you know, fourth years, hopefully graduating in a couple of weeks. Good so we, luck. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we're going to need it. And uh, we've made our decision, you know, I'll be going into ortho for next year. Uh, oh, great. Where are you going? Stony Brook. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And Brendan will be going to NYU for his uh, OMFS residency. Wow. Congrats yeah. to both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. But for those students that haven't made that decision yet, why did you choose orthodontics? You know, as I'm sure, what, what are your both, both of your names again? Sean. Brendan. Sean and Brendan. So Sean, as I'm sure you know, um, orthodontics and OMFS probably are both specialties you don't get a whole lot of exposure to in dental school, definitely ortho. I got a little more OMFS than I did ortho. So it's kind of, I don't want to say a gamble, but you kind of have to have a gut feeling. I did shadow my own orthodontist for um, all my summers in undergrad. So I did have an idea of what an ortho office looked like, how it ran, sort of what it was all about. Obviously I didn't understand anything they were doing, but I kind of got the feel for what it was like to work in an orthodontic office. So I went into dental school with a pretty open mind, but I don't know. I think it just kind of spoke to me that ortho was something that I would enjoy. And so I pursued it, but it definitely is a little bit of a gamble similar to going to dental school. I mean, why do you go to dental school? You kind of have an idea of what the career will entail. You obviously have no idea what it's like really to be a dentist. It's a skill set you have, you know, no experience with, but it's just kind of an idea of what you think will make sense for you. For sure. And I, I definitely had that gut feeling uh, coming in, you know, to, uh, to dental school. And I'm not going to lie, I did kind of look around to see what else was out there. I checked out Perio, maybe peeked into Peds for a little bit. But yeah. it, it always took me back to ortho when I was hanging around the clinics. You know, that was the place where I was most happy. Maybe not for Brendan. Yeah. I don't think Brendan was as happy in the <laughs> ortho clinic as, you know, as I was. But I guess that's how it works out. Yeah. Any, uh, any yeah. dentists in the family or was this like always the goal? My older sister is a dentist. She's an endodontist. She's 12 years older than I am. So she really, she was already a practicing endodontist by the time I was in college. So I was pre-med. That was something I didn't really question going into the medical field in general, but she sort of pointed me in the direction of dentistry and kind of, it's kind of an untapped, you know, it's an untapped field in my opinion. It's really a wonderful, um, profession that I feel like not many people really know about. So she said to me, you know, I think, I know you think you want to be a medical doctor, but I really think you should consider dentistry. You know, it's a similar idea. You're helping people, you're working with people, you're fixing things, but the hours are not for you, <laughs> but the hours are, for the rest of us are pretty decent. Um, you know, 
the, the income is good. The stress is a little bit lower again, not for surgeons, but, um, well, I don't know about that either, but anyway, so she was really the person who inspired me to pursue dentistry instead of, um, medicine. And, you know, it's interesting that you say untapped profession, because there is so much to do um, with dentistry and there's so many ways to market yourself. And we've been admiring you and how you've been carrying yourself on social media and Beam Street. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Those questions are definitely coming up. But just going back to, you know, the orthodontic application for our, um, you know, our followers and students of dentistry, they're curious, what advice would you give to a dental student interested in ortho? And how would you say they can, you know, best prepare themselves for residency? Um, I think that, you know, I kind of went into the whole thing sort of blindly. I didn't have much guidance. NYU is a really big school. So I didn't really have anyone showing me what to do. It was really, I had to just kind of figure it out. And I remember going through the interview process and there were so many, I went to Stony Brook to interview. Um, I was there. It was fun. It was fun. Um, you know, I just really went in passionately. I really wanted to do it. I, I wasn't, you know, a quote gunner who knew the stats of how many people were being interviewed and how many were being accepted and keeping like a flow chart of like who was applying where. And, you know, you see the same people on the interviews and everyone is so intense. And I just kind of approached it as I was just happy to be there, you know? So I think that came across and for people who are hopeful in the application process, I just, just do every, you know, do your best, try your hardest. You know, if, if it's something you really want to do, it's going to come across for ortho and for OMFS, obviously you have to be at the top of your class. So, um, you know, your GPA has to be at a certain point. Otherwise you're just not going to make it into the, um, you're not going to make the cut for applications. So, but after that, I would say, you know, just be yourself, look into each program, really try and absorb what each program has to offer and be present. And I think that's just, that's your best bet. It's funny you say that with, um, you see the same faces on your interviews and then you're like, you know, who's taking yeah. the stats. It's like, it's like a live March madness mm -hmm. where everyone was like, Oh, she got another interview. Oh no. She was at Louisville. Oh no. <laughs> right. It's crazy. And you know, I was so naive to the process. I didn't even fully understand match until like right before. And I'm really happy I didn't get it because if you really try to think about it and you think about, you know, how many people are applying, how many people are getting in, if you start getting in your head about it, I'm sure it's going to ruin your process. And it, I was so excited, you know, as you guys know, it's such a long journey to get to that point. And I just was so excited to be considered for the dream that I had for so long. So I just was happy to be there. And I think that it came across in to most programs. And that's the advice that I would give, you know, get out of your head a little bit, be present, enjoy the process, you know, do, do your due diligence and then just show up. And we love that advice because, you know, Brendan and I were very laid back uh, people and that's different from the people that we've met along the interview trail and along maybe some, you know, some dental students out there and we find ourselves very laid back and we appreciate that there's someone who's made it that also appreciates that value. So that's, that's really nice to hear. We really do appreciate that. Yeah. We're trying to spread that message. I mean, like I didn't even look at student doctor network once during the process and everyone was like, did you check? Like, did it come out? And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah, see, her eyes are wide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Oh my God. You guys are giving me anxiety. I also will tell you, if you've made the cut to be interviewed in the first place, because being on the other side of it, which you guys will see in the coming years, um, 
once someone's been admitted for an interview, they're qualified. So at that point, it's really just about if really the other residents want to work with you and if the faculty want to work with you. So if you're so in your head about these statistics and the, and everything else, these people aren't going to really want to work with you. You know, <laughs> if, if you're someone who's nice to be around and you really are present and you, and you introduce yourself and you get to know everyone around you, that's who they want to accept into their program. So that's yeah, what I would definitely, say. Definitely agree. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, I hope that applied to us across it the did. I'm sure it did. I'm talking to you guys for the last few minutes, I can tell. It did. No, you're so right about appreciating and enjoying the process. Because you're right, it's a lot to be thankful for. Maybe to, to summarize, what would be, you'd say, like, the three main points you would recommend to maybe dental students interested in applying to orthodontics residency? So the first point would be, unfortunately, you have to do well, you know, the first few years of dental school, two and a half, three years of dental school are really going to be about buckling down and learning the material and getting the grades. It, it just, it is what it is. So, you know, if that really is your goal, it's a short-term push for a long-term result. So do, do that. Um, secondly, you know, try to shadow a little bit in the ortho clinic, see if you like it, you know, maybe go to an orthodontist in the community, spend a day in the office, see uh, if it's something that you actually enjoy. You know, orthodontics, orthodontics has a great reputation for a reason, but that doesn't mean it's for everyone. So if you can expose yourself a little bit more, I would say do it. And then the third point, I don't know. Um, Gotta crush the GRE. You gotta crush, <laughs> crush, this, crush that GRE. I'll tell you, I bombed the GRE. I don't think I even study for it. <laughs> I don't think I studied for it. It was like a formality. So I just did it. I was like the GRE. But sure, yeah, crush that GRE. That's that's point number three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll definitely take it. Yeah. Um, so for, for those like myself going into residency for orthodontists that are, you know, in training, you've been very successful in the private sector. What's something that you would recommend that we are aware of going into residency, being in residency to best prepare ourselves for private practice? Um, so I think, I feel like these are two different questions, but going into residency again, I mean, you're starting the thing about OMFS again, a little bit less with ortho, you're really starting from zero. I mean, I got almost no background in ortho going in. Sure. Like, you know, we had, we had a, a segment on it and there, I'm sure there, there are little questions on it on the boards. I don't really remember, but you're kind of starting from zero. So you just kind of have to uh, prepare, or at least I did every, I, I don't know about you guys, but even though I was, you know, whatever at the top of my class, I always felt like, how did I get here? Like, <laughs> how am I imposter syndrome? Like, how am I sitting here among all these, you know, really smart people? So when I got to Columbia on my first day, I remember looking around, we were doing like, uh, you're going to do some physics. I'm like, what is going on? These people are like geniuses around me. You know, I just felt like I didn't belong again, but, um, Physics. So to answer your question, just prepare to feel like you're starting from zero. Same way you probably felt when you were in dental clinic for the first time. It's a unsettling feeling to be diving into something you've never done before. It's totally different than general dentistry. So going in, I would just say, don't feel stressed. Have an excited, open mind. You're in, you're going to be an orthodontist. Congratulations. Ooh. So just 
So it's not the same anymore. You don't have to have that fear that you're not going to pass. You're not going to make it like you're there. You made it. So enjoy again. My theme for all for you guys throughout everything is just enjoy it and everything comes. So try to enjoy it. Learn, you know, you're going to be learning an entirely new skill set, entirely new um, foundation of, of, of theories and ideas and just learn as best you can. Each of your attendings is gonna have a different way of doing things. I don't remember Stony Brook, obviously this is also a decade ago, but um, I don't remember exactly how their clinical structure worked, but you'll see just like in dental school that each, each orthodontist has his or her own way of doing things, absorb as much as you can, you know, treat as many cases as you can. Um, the program is a three-year residency at, at Stony Brook. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, so obviously the purpose of ortho being that long um, is to finish cases that are complicated. So do as many complicated cases as you can and um, carrying out to private practice, you're gonna find that private practice is an entirely different beast um, in, a, in a good way, in a good way, not a bad way. Um, I think that you're gonna see much more com complex stuff in private and um, rather in residency than you will overall, like on the day-to-day. Obviously, you're going to get a tough case here and there uh, in private practice, but private practice, it's a lot more about business management, which I can talk about if you want uh, later on. But when you're in residency, just focus on learning, learning the skills and understanding, um, understanding what's going on and how to solve it, because you're not going to have an attending after three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard from uh, the residents there now that every attending likes to do something different. So they try to pick it up yeah. and then they apply to the next case and they're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it that way? So it's, but yeah. as long as, you know, they all get to the same end goal. That's really nice. You get all the different, and, different opinions. Yeah. And you'll find that about ortho over time, conceptually, you'll really start to get it and you'll have your own way of doing things and the things that you like that work best for you. So there's more than one way to skin a cat in ortho for sure. And I would just suggest learn as many of the different ways as you can. So you can kind of find what works best for you. For sure. For sure. That's, that is great advice. And would there be anything you would recommend, like as far as for residency? Cause like general concepts of preparing yourself during residency for private practice are the same, no matter what kind of specialty you're in. So I guess my question would be, is there anything you would recommend during residency to kind of prepare you for private practice? Would it be like to become expert at like the bread and butter thing? Would it be like, get a really good gauge on that one like unique case so everyone refers to you for that? Or just do as much as you can. I'm like, my mind is going in so many different directions as you're talking. <laughs> it's hard, you know, and we'll talk about Bean Street cause that is very specific. So I don't know if that's why you alluded to alluded to that, but and we're alluded to everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my head is going in so many different directions. Again, you know, what's driven me my entire career is what interests me. <laughs> so and if you like what you do and you're passionate about it, you'll be successful. So it's just kind of hard. I don't think there's much you can do to prepare yours. I'm still, I'm still, you know, I graduated in 2017, so I haven't been working all that long. I've learned a whole lot in the last uh, four years about running a business, being an associate, you know, um, I, I work as um, an independent contractor at a multi-specialty office two days a week, which I'm not sure if you guys are aware of. So yeah, exactly. So you pick up, um, you pick up skills as you go. I think as far as like running a business, it's so valuable to work for a few years for somebody else. I worked for 
I don't know how, how deep you guys dove into my resume, but I worked for um, Mark Bronski my first year out, who's a very successful orthodontist on the Upper East Side in Tribeca. And I learned a lot from him. As far, that was my first job out of residency. And that was, couldn't have been more night and day from Washington Heights, you know? So um, that was learning an entirely new skill set, you know, running a business and how to work with a, a certain type of clientele and how to accommodate the patient. So to answer your question about in residency, what can you do? Focus on learning the skills. As far as private practice, I really think that just comes with experience. And as long as you stay focused and you stay, you know, excited, you'll pick up things as you go. I think it just, it just takes some years to, to figure. I'm still learning a lot every, every single day. <laughs> That's great to know. Yeah. That's the, you know, just learn as much as you can, I guess. And once you master the ortho part, then you can focus on learning absolutely absolutely yeah and this is something that now we can get to beam street because it's something that me and brendan have been very interested in um you know yourself dr lewis chen dr jason lynn so we just curious how did the adventure start where did this idea of three you know doing just three things cleaning whitening and invisalign how'd that come to be and you guys moved fast too right because you said you graduated in really 17, fast but you opened in 19 so correct so the way that that happened, so I actually came on board last. Um, there's, it's me, Jason Lynn, Francis O. I don't know if you know that. There's another guy. Um, me, Jason Lynn, Francis O, Louis Chen. Um, yeah, so there are four of us. Okay. So the three of them had already kind of gotten together and decided they wanted to open a new type of office. They hadn't really ironed out the details of exactly what they wanted to do and how they were going to do it. And I was working for Mark Bronski at the time. And Jay, Jay was my old co-resident. He was a year behind me. So Lewis and Jay knew each other from Columbia Dental School. Francis O was an attending at Columbia that I didn't know. And, um, so Jay called me up one day. I, remember, I was actually not even in the country. And he said, um, you know, I wanted to know what you're doing these days. I have this, we have this idea to open this new type of office. We haven't really fully figured out the details. This is what we're thinking. We're thinking of keeping it simple. And it was so crazy because that previous year I had written down in like uh, my notes in my phone, I wanted to open an office that was only going to specialize in whitenings, cleanings, and Invisalign. And I even had come up with a name for it. Um, so it was just really, um, it was really serendipitous that he called me and told me this. And I was like, Jay, this is, you know, truthfully, I had been working in this really upscale office and I felt kind of stuck because all of a sudden I was working, as you guys know, how many of your friends approached you about about dental work, you know, I'm sure all of your friends are asking you like, Oh, when you're, when are you going to start working? So I can come to you for X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when I started, yeah. So when I started working, all of my friends were asking me, like, I really want to do Invisalign and I want to do whitening. And those were really the, and I need a cleaning. I have a dentist back home, but I need some place for a cleaning. And I just was hearing it like over and over and over again. So I was a little frustrated because even at a discount, what I could charge for Invisalign was so far above and beyond what a normal person could afford in the city, a young professional could afford in, in the city. So when Jay called me, I was like, you know what, this is like, again, this is very serendipitous. I've, I've had this idea and I, you know, told him my idea also. And he's like, why don't you come get dinner with us? This was, this was in uh, September of 2018. 
so they had already found a space by then. Like they had already picked out a space. They had already started renovating it for an office. They just hadn't really figured out exactly what they were going to do with it. And I was, and, and so basically they, they brought me in and I kind of said, if you guys let me run this, you know, if I'm the boots on the ground, I'm, they, they wanted me to be the doctor in the clinic. And I said, you know, if you let me be the boots on the ground, I really feel like I could turn this into something. I, I know my demographic, like I know what, what people, girls like myself, what people like myself want. I'm going to start reach. I know there's an untapped market. Like I just know there is, and I can do this. Like, let me, let me do this. So they kind of gave a definite untapped market. Yeah. We, we were just untapped market. Yeah. So I, I said, let me be in charge of the marketing, you know, let me, let me see what I can do with this idea. And so at the same time, Smile Direct Club had just come about. So Invisalign lost their patent for clear aligners. I want to say around that time, like maybe 2017, 2016, they lost their, their patent for clear aligners. So competing companies arose like your Smile Direct Club, Candid Company, um, 3M has a, has an, a clear aligner. So Invisalign, you know, was starting to feel some competition that they never had had seen before. So, uh, we talked to Invisalign, we told them our vision, um, actually Jay did that. And so things just kind of came together. They decided to, to work with us in a specific capacity. They actually designed the front of our clinic. So the front of our office, um, so all of those photo murals you see in, in, um, our office are from them. And um, so the front design was really theirs. And then the back clinic was our design. Um, so we work with them very intimately and we decided to make a, you know, a much more affordable Invisalign um, um, procedure that we could do for a lot of people. So our, our goal was volume. And, but we wanted it to be, you know, we wanted it to be classy. We wanted it to be something that people still thought was high quality. You know, I am an orthodontist. I'm not, you know, not nothing against general dentists, but typically general dentists will charge less than orthodontists and perhaps the quality of the prescription isn't as, as good. So we wanted to make a high quality product with a low cost, but that still seemed fun. And also, you know, we took a real a retail space. Beam Street's an old retail space. So it also gave us the opportunity to give a feel for a dental office that was very different than a typical, you know, maybe anxiety inducing environment. So I started reaching out to, I had no idea what I was doing, by the way, literally none, none let at me all. Run it. Let me run it, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. I was like, just let me do it. Well, you know, statistically, I'm sure you guys know dental offices very rarely fail. It's like one of, it, it, it's one of the lowest risk operation endeavors you could do so I knew that we would get people in there and I knew statistically I'd be and it was just kind of again you know similar to even when I applied to orthodontics I was like I don't even really know what I'm doing here you know it's like here I am all right this is an opportunity that I'm excited to let's try it out see what happens well, so if you keep that up. I mean, you guys are going to hit the moon because you you followed that into ortho residency at Columbia, and then you follow that into you know starting this incredible you know venture that ends up on Forbes. Like this is there's a lot of really good stuff here. So that's that's really great. And you mentioned the feel of Beam Street because you know the top yeah. dental practices page is very much on the design of of dental offices. We have. Yeah. Your practice space is beautiful from the front to the back. It has a very different vibe to it. 
So just it does. Invisalign was able to help you guys with the front. What was your vision for yeah. the clinic space? Because we it's really beautiful. Right. So actually, the architect that designed our front office is the same architect that Apple uses, and then that was the Invisalign. That's from the Invisalign people. So it really has that like Apple Store type of feel to it. The back, I have to, you know, I, I had very little to do with that. We had an open bay. I mean, as you know, an ortho open bay is 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 standard. So we were going to keep it that. And then Jay's cousin is uh, a designer, and she she works mostly in Japanese markets. So she really put in like a, a, a new modern feel, almost like a Japanese feel to the back. So, I mean, we had a lot of different, we had a lot of moving parts. So I, I had, I didn't have much to do with that, but it, it did come together very nicely. And overall, it's a very clean, modern looking office that hopefully uh, doesn't give the typical uh, heart racing that other, <laughs> that other dental offices can, can create. You know, it's, it's just missing one thing. We need more what? photos. We need more photos to market this beautiful We got to get some more photos of that, of the office on the page for sure. Well, it, it really... I'll, I'll work on that for you guys. And you yes. in the office, you know, like the whole thing. Oh yeah. 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 We could do that. You guys should come by. Come I would, I, I would love okay. to come by and see how you guys are. You are, should. Are I, we would love to have you. To learn. I'd love to be there. Um, yeah. So we'll yeah, we we'll, we'll figure that part out. But you mentioned you're you're also an associate at Linhard Dentistry. You're a co-founder of Beam Street. How do you balance the two? Um, it's not that hard. Oh, all right. That's <laughs> I, <good> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, again, I roll with the punches. So when we came back from COVID. Our office was really only financially be able to be open three days a week. So because of that, I, I had to find another source of income. And I got this opportunity from that, that came through the grapevine um, at the Linhart office, which is a very different type of office. It's a, another very upscale midtown office inside an office building. It's multi-specialty. And I was really excited for that opportunity because I had been working just by myself for a long time and just doing narrowly what I was doing. So the opportunity to work with a lot of other specialties again and get insight from other, other colleagues was something that excited me. And it's so very different from Beam Street that I also thought, you know, as I said earlier, like in your early stages of your career, all stages of your career, it's really beneficial to learn as much as you can and absorb as much as you can. And I just like, and just have a good time, you know? So I have, I have a great time there too. <laughs> um, it's just, <laughs> it's just all different. So there it's um, again, it's multi-specialty. So I, I, I have my own practice within their practice. Basically I work on a lot of their patients who are getting, you know, crowns or implants or, you know, huge restorations, like a lot of restorative work done OMFS. Um, I, I work on those patients and it's very different and it makes me use a different part of my brain again that I haven't really tapped into for a long time. I see some kids there and I just put recently last week an appliance on a kid that I haven't used in a while. So just keeping those skills sharp is, is uh, valuable. And I have, it's a, it's a, it's a great office, you know, it, again, I get to interact with a lot of, um, 
different specialties and the clientele is, is very interesting, very different from my downtown clientele. It's, you know, mentally it's nice to switch it up. Like one day I'm, you know, in one space and feeling that space. And then uh, another day I go somewhere else. So that actually has, has added value, but then Beam Street, we're actually extremely busy at Beam Street now. We are actually open Tuesday, when Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and on Monday there's a Hoboken location that's open. So, um, I'm not in the Hoboken location. Hoboken, because uh, no, keep on, keep on. No, what was your question? I was going to because Doctor Doctor Lewis Chen's over in Hoboken, right? Is that a is that the same? Yeah. So they have a space there where they practice general dentistry, and on Mondays. Jay Lynn goes in there and he's the orthodontist there for, for the Beam Street Hoboken, which is also exploding. So I don't, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to handle that. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever visited Hoboken over there? I actually haven't. <laughs> oh, what? I, I, I went to school in Hoboken. It is so much fun. You gotta go. I know. I, so I hear, I just like, I don't have time, but I do That's on the weekends. It's a good like, problem to have. It's like, I have so many patients. I don't have the time to go to the other office. It's true. It's That's true. Every, it's busy. That's like the it's best busy. problem you could possibly have. Yeah. But you know, again, I just, I think that if you keep looking up and you, you're, you're focused on what you're doing and you're trying to make the best out of what you're doing, you're, you're going to do well, you know? So just, just approach things that way and things, things will come. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, we're definitely agree with that one. Um, so you mentioned that Beam Street is exclusively Invisalign. It is, um, yeah. But in, in Linhart Dentistry, in a general office, maybe you're doing a little bit of, you know, old school appliance work. So how much of ortho today is done digitally? Because, you know, that's, that's the big push now, but, to, you know, with the scanners and, you know. Right. Scan so... I do have a very different insight than a traditional orthodontist at this point, because the majority of my uh, patient population are adults. So with that population, it's Invisalign. And I'll tell you, Invisalign is wonderful. And I'm not just saying that because I work with them, <laughs> but it can accomplish almost anything uh, traditional brackets and wires can accomplish. There is an issue with, I find with adolescents and kids, a compliance issue. Obviously, Invisalign is a compliance-based product and kids grow. So if you take a scan of a, a child a month later, those aligners might not fit anymore because their dentition is changing and their skeleton is changing. So I definitely think there's still a huge play. And then obviously growth modification appliances like palate expanders, headgear, um, herbs appliances, uh, face masks, any, any, all of those are really, really applicable still and have a huge place in orthodontics and in OMFS. So those I don't think are going anywhere, but I think past a certain age, Invisalign is it. Yeah. Or, or a clear aligner alternative. Very interesting. Very interesting point because, um, I'm sure you get all the questions too, that I haven't even started my ortho residency and I get all the questions. Yeah, it's just, you know, I just want, I just want Invisalign, but does every patient apply for Invisalign? I have parents ask me for their kids like, yeah, we can just get them Invisalign, right? So first off, I don't really know the answer to that question, but then it's also right. can Invisalign do it all? And it sounds like it's getting to a point where it really can do it, do it all. Yeah. So I would say it can do just about anything. There are certain times where, when you want to get creative with like, let's say an impacted 
canine and you need a chain and you have teeth that are crowded and you want to create you want to create um, an appliance that's going to pull down uh, the impacted tooth while separating teeth that may be crowded. I mean, in those situations, I do think you just have more control with uh, traditional brackets and wires. But really, other than that, yeah, Invisalign can do most everything. My, my niece and nephew got treated with Invisalign. They did great with it. But again, it's, it's a compliance thing when it's not glued to your teeth it can be an issue for a lot of teenagers. And again, as I mentioned, if, if I, I rarely say it's okay to do Invisalign for mixed dentition, it's just a headache because the teeth fall, the primary teeth fall out, then they need to be rescanned again. Um, they're again, their skeleton is changing. So their arch width is constantly changing. So until if kids don't have at least their second premolars gone, um, or they, they don't have the second premolars erupted, the, the uh, primary molars gone, I won't do it. But um, after that, yeah, it, it's, it can do everything really. Do you see, uh, kind of switching the topic towards the business side of it, do you see niche markets like that, how you're really targeting and taking over that with Beam Street? Do you see that being a very good financial and like business model for dentistry going forward, you think? Um, I'm trying to think of it myself because I, I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think you see you guys know. Do you know about Tend Dentistry? We've heard of them. Hello, Tend. We've heard of them. Um, we're yeah. not really familiar with what they do, but we're aware of them. So Tend, they're not really. I don't know how, if I would call it niche because they still do a range of general dentistry practices, but they've marketed, them, marketed themselves to be like niche where they're modern and more affordable. And so I do think that there is a place for these niche practices, like whatever you consider niche, if it's targeting just one thing, like for OMFS, I don't know, maybe you open a clinic that only does third molars. I don't know, maybe that would be an idea that does well. And like everyone knows what they're getting when they walk in the door. Um, I don't know what the future is, but I, I just saw, and I don't know, I mean, we're going to see with a beam street, is it going to do well outside of a, a densely populated metropolitan area? I don't know. So I definitely think that the world is modernizing these old school dentals. I'm sure they'll always have a, have a place somewhere, but I don't know in, in big cities how long that's going to work for when you have competing models that are less expensive. Definitely someone to think of. Just a, just a third molar. But it's different. You know, like, I mean, Sean, and I, we respect <laughs> things that are so different, you know, kind of like we said earlier, like we like, we like the laid back attitude, but business wise, we're like, we're, we're trying to create something different. So we respect others doing something different and figuring it out. Like it, it's just something we respect big time, you know? Oh yeah. Well, thank you. Very impressive. And look, like, again, I still feel like it's imposter syndrome. You know, I, every day, I mean, I am, I am, I try to have a good time every day. It's important to me, but I'm also very, a very serious person. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm very focused and I see, I see what I want to do and I figure out concretely each day how to get closer to actually achieving it. And that's a really important, um, I think a really important business uh, skill. 
if that makes sense. You yeah, know, I think well, you're, of- you're very passionate about what you do. And when you talk about Beam Street, your eyes light up and it's, it's very, yeah. that, you know, you're, but then you're- I say, you know, with Beam Street, I thought to myself, okay, if I'm creating a business that I want for myself, cause I'm selfish. If I were, if I were, if I were, you know, looking for a dental office, what would appeal to me? Okay. Who would, you know, social media these days, when I'm looking for any kind of beauty treatment at all, I'm searching through social media. What am I looking for? Who am I looking at that's going to show me what I'm, what I want to see this, this one particular blogger, the very first bloggers I ever reached out or influencers that I ever reached out to were, were two girls that I had followed for a couple of years. They had, they gave recommendations throughout the city of like where to work out and where to, you know, do their beauty routines, but they didn't have a dentist that they went to. So I actually reached out to them and I said, Hey girls, this is very random. I introduced myself. I said what I was doing. I noticed they didn't work with the dentist yet. Would they want to work with me? They were on board to this day. They are by far our biggest source of patients. It's not even close. I just emailed with them today. They're coming back in, um, in a couple of weeks. So, you know, working like that and actually doing something about it. Like you'd be surprised how many, how many things actually work when you just try, you know, similar to ortho. I was like, I think I want to be an orthodontist. I'm going to try. <laughs> Let's see what, what's the worst that can happen. You know, they'll say, they'll say no. So, you know, but coming up with actual ideas that are going to get you from point A to point B are important as well. You know, not, not And you had mentioned earlier that you knew the name like before you made was was that not beam? it wasn't beam though. I had come what up with it? other names. <laughs> what was I it? I had come up with other names. <laughs> Can we know? I won't say it. They were it was it was funny because it's a play on light similar to a play on like beam is like a beam of light. Beam, it was just gonna be beam actually, and then that was taken. So we had to come up with beam street which is like a place. And now people are like, where's Beam Street? Is that a, a street in New York? I Google Maps it. Yeah, I can't it's, find it on the GPS. <laughs> yeah, it's not on, like, where is that? Is it off, like, between Bleecker and, yeah. Um, but anyway, so no, the name for Beam Street wasn't my name. But I did have a name for my office, which was a play on light as well. Sometimes the stars just align that way. It's pretty crazy. It was very Similar ideas, similar names, and, and two different countries at the time. It's it's very interesting. Uh, just a yeah. couple more questions before we wrap up. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, something that I was thinking about was when you were discussing uh, Invisalign that it can do so much. Um, yeah. You know, we mentioned Smile Direct Club and other do-it-yourself dentistry organizations. Um, right. So when clear aligners can do so much, what should patients be aware of before they sign up for those um, cheaper alternatives, to put it lightly? That's a great question. I don't want to get sued. Um, I've gotten a cease and desist in the past. So I'm just going to tell you the facts. (laughs) The facts are this. So direct to to consumer aligners, like a smile direct club. um, You just want to be careful to me. I would never have any medical procedure done if I was not seeing a doctor. And with smile direct club, it is just the fact that you never see a doctor in person Ever. They are trying to pivot their model to work directly with dentists now, but as it stands, you know, you go into a center or they mail you a kit and you take your own records and you're treated from there. Just that alone to me, you know, orthodontics, which you will come to learn more about is a very, um, there are multiple factors to consider when you're treating a case. 
You, you consider skeletal structure, you consider age, you consider gender, you consider um, tooth size, tooth number, how many, te what teeth are they missing? Um, what restorations are they going to have? There are a lot of factors that you have to think about as an orthodontist. I don't even think general dentists should be touching in this line, to be honest with you. Um, there's a lot to consider when you're making a prescription and those factors simply aren't completely considered when you're doing direct to consumer. And if anything goes wrong, you have nowhere to go. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, I mean, you can, you can get in touch with, um, with Smile Direct Club, I guess, or, or Candid Company or whoever it is, but you don't have the freedom to walk into your doctor who has a relationship with you and, and ask questions. That's one. Um, two, you know, when it comes to Smile Direct Club as well, I went in their chat room and asked them questions as a posing as a patient, a potential patient. <laughs> I have to know my information, you know? So, um, <laughs> so I learned that you, you can request to have an orthodontist design your treatment plan, but you're not guaranteed that. So that's, that's something else to consider. Um, the third thing is Invisalign has a lot of adjuncts that you can implement that are really important for, um, efficiency of treatment. So attachments, I took a special fellowship course in Invisalign. It's a really long course. It was really helpful. It really taught, I didn't learn as much as I probably could have um, about Invisalign in residency. I'm not going to say the resources weren't there, but I wasn't as plugged into it as I am now. So I took a fellowship course on it. I have a very specific way of designing attachments, which are uh, tooth colored buttons that serve as anchors for me to push and pull teeth around into direct force onto teeth. So I have a very specific way of designing them and they are incredibly important for tooth movement. Certain teeth just will not go anywhere without attachments. Direct to consumer aligners, because they are just that, direct to consumer, you don't have any of those adjuncts. So you're not using the, the things that you need to move teeth properly. Quality of the plastic. Invisalign in specific has a really high quality plastic that's supposed to uh, mimic nickel titanium wires, which are the wires we use in orthodontics. It's a patented technology that works really well and has 25 years of, of proof underneath it. So you have that, the, the plastic quality of other brands is just different. And I don't know if it's as high. I don't, I am inclined to think not. Um, so, you know, all these things I think are really important for patients to be aware of before they just, they think in the, in the short run, they're paying a lot less money and, and that's the way to go. But I, every single week I retreat patients from, from direct to consumer brands every single week. So now they're paying twice. So always for any medical procedure, I don't care what it is, see a doctor, get their advice, get their input, you know, and then take it from there. That, that was a lot of stuff. And that I, I got to, take that and send it to like 30, so 30 family members that have been like, I'm just going to get smart direct. They're going to run you out of business. Like, I, I really don't think so. Um, and they're, they're pivoting their model at this time. Um, you know, I definitely think it was a brilliant business idea, but in, in practice and treating patients, you know, we'll see. Yeah. And we, and we've had uh, members from, um, you know, the New York uh, dental association, uh, come and speak to us and how, you know, lobbying through, they were able to kind of push back on these uh, do-it-yourself dentistry or at-home, you know, these at-home kits um, because of the risks that are associated with them and patients just aren't aware that they see the dollar sign, they make a, an unfortunately uneducated. And the convenience, the convenience. Yeah, of course. People, 
love to skip the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And in, in your uh, response, you, you said that you don't recommend general dentists doing um, Invisalign. There are plenty that do. And we take that lightly. We're not saying that's, you know, that's broad yeah. scope. But at what point do you think a general dentist should be referring to an orthodontist where maybe a case might get a little bit too much that they should be sending it out? So this is the thing, and this is not a, not a knock on general dentists. I have plenty of general dentist friends who are brilliant. The same way I would not attempt a filling, I don't know that they should be attempting tooth movement. It's just training. You know, I did have brief training in, in general dentistry, but it's not something I've done for many, many years. So I wouldn't attempt it, you know? And I'm sure if they saw me try and do a filling, they would laugh at it and say, why did you do that, right? So the same thing goes for tooth movement. I mean, I I don't even really like saying that general dentists should do mild class one crowding. I mean, sure, it probably works out in the end, but it's kind of a shot in the dark, I think. I, to me, if you can't diagnose what you're looking at, how are you treating it, right? So if you can't make a diagnosis and you don't know where you're starting, how do you know where you're finishing? So as orthodontists, you become trained immediately on how to diet. That's the first thing you're going to learn. I'm looking at this. What am I even looking at? If I don't know what I'm looking at, how am I treating it? So a, a, a GP may get lucky. And look, there, there are some GPs who do a lot of Invisalign and, and maybe arguably become just as good as orthodontists at seeing cases and knowing how to treat them. But it's just the, the simple fact that the training isn't there. So the, diag the diagnostic abilities aren't there. So how are you, how are you doing it? You know, um, again, I wouldn't want to do, if you gave me a class two filling right now, I'd freak out. I wouldn't know <laughs> what I was doing, you know? So, so I, to, to, I mean, it, it's kind of an annoying answer, but I don't think GPs should ever be doing this line, but I have plenty of friends that do. So I'm sorry to those out there. And I know that they, they, they do a good job, but to me, I can very confidently treat a case because I know what I'm looking at and I know what, I know how to get to the end point that I want. And, and that's a fair response coming from a specialist. And that's why we are looking to get, you know, the answers from you because you are the specialist in this field. So like you said, there are plenty of GPs that are able to do Invisalign and maybe they are capable to getting to, you know, a very competent level. But it's just the, um, you know, like you said, it's the fact that just the training is different. It is different uh, for sure. It's missing. It is. That, that, that we can't it just, that, it just that is. We can deny. That for sure we cannot deny. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't want to take up any more of your time. I personally had a lot of fun. We learned a lot tonight. We really learned a lot. Oh. Well, thank you for having me. This was really stuff. fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Make sure you send over those pictures of Beam Street. We got to get them up on the on the pages for sure. Okay. I, I have, um, we have some professional photos. I'll send you guys some for sure. Whenever you, whenever you can send them through and we'll make sure to get them up there and we'll have these, uh, you know, these videos ready for you to. So you guys behind all of these, um, all of these accounts. Just us. Wow. <laughs> so that's not, so when I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to you. You're talking to me. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and we dentists and students of dentistry. You guys have done really well with this. So, I mean, that's extremely impressive that you guys have these platforms that are really obviously highly trafficked. We're trying to bring a lot more education into the space too. There's so much going on on social media, but you know, there's an opportunity. There's there's a target market here to bring education to those looking for it. So, and we can learn from people like yourself who have just 
basically cracked the, you know, an entire new niche of dentistry. And there's not only other dentists, but there are patients out there. There are students out there that don't even know this stuff is out there just yet. And we want to be able to share right. your story. Um, and you know, Dr. Kuhn, a lot of students such as ourselves look up to you. So that's why, you know, it means sure. a lot. Well, I'm very excited to see what you guys are going to do. Maybe we can work together someday. But we're going to hold you to that. We're going to hold you to that for Great. sure. Absolutely. So again, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we'll Thanks definitely for having talk me. in the future. Absolutely. All right, All right guys. Have a great night. You too. Bye.